the year is 17 RF for our Lord Reginald Fuzzykins. It's been that long since Lord Fuzzykins rose to power. Many still don't understand how our new Lord could take on the previous King of Cloudspire, but many start to understand Lord Fuzzykins's power when they are in his presence. Even going to Reginopolis, the new and true name for Cloudspire, one starts to comprehend it, his great power. You can see them everywhere. The Fuzzykin, named in his honor and created by this new protector. They proved their strength against the Nihilistic Rebellion, led by the one and only Nihilus, the Old King's Archmage. This new race of Fuzzykin, however, proved too much for the rebels, and they turned tail and retreated into other parts of the Mustland. And so Reginopolis stands as a beacon of civilization, where as long as you respect and worship the God King, you may have a long and fulfilling life. You might be thinking that if there is a God King, then what of the other religions? Well, we will get to that. But first, let's get to that other question that should be on your mind. If Lord Fuzzykins is now a, a God King, what does that make the rest of the old group's dire weasel mounts? Lord Fuzzykin isn't the only one that gained sentience since the old group had left. Most of what we know of them is rumor, but as it's the only information, it's got to be tried and true. While most of the dire weasels went off on their own, there was one that struck a deal with Lord Fuzzykins in order to help himself create a utopia of his own. Husk went west with the help of the Fuzzykin and conquered Hobbiton and Florence. Along the way, he started to gather followers and enslaving gnomes to help him in his plight. After reaching the Pisspoor Sea, he turned back and resettled the area using those whom he had enslaved to tend to the now-created farmland. He created a small fort for himself known only as The Stock, and ruled over the newly conquered grounds. Husk had declared that these new lands that he had freshly conquered be referred to as the Cornhusk Lands, and sworn to protect it from all invaders. While he's a sentient dire weasel, he's a well-to-do being, gathering followers to help him in the harvest and to feed the growing population of Reginopolis back east. He tries his best to keep the workers lively and happy. However, in recent years, wicked beasts have started to pour out of the forest in retaliation of the mass deforestation that Husk did to make way for his farmland. Husk tries his best and calls on mercenaries from across Musterland to help defend his workers. In addition to this nuisance, more and more monsters pour out of what was previously referred to as Constantinople. This only increases the worry that Husk has for his new Cornhusk lands. It is said that he regrets not getting to that southern region of Constantinople before the Great Disaster, 
for the land of Cornelon would have been a great boon for him and his ilk. There are even more rumors that Husk still believes that the old god Cornelon may not be dead. Speaking of Constantinople, you may not wish to go south. Of course, that all depends on if you actually like wandering an endless sea of sand, the desert of insanity itself. Or perhaps, you are like those religious fanatics down there, still trying to hold on to the old, lost, and dead gods. But I digress. What is really of our concern is the large area that once was Cornelon's holy land, Constantinople. Now, we refer to it only as Constantinchernobyl, for it is a vast wasteland, gone to the ages. The only thing that this land produces are horrific beings. A ground for hideous creatures that defy nature and try at every turn to invade the major region of Mustaland. Fortunately, those religious fanatics I talked about before believe that this desecration is more important than attacking those who killed their false god. Right at the edge of Constantinople is the new Cohesion Delegation, a religious order that worships both the false god Gerbo and the old, now assumed dead god Cornelon. Seems like the two religions have come together to fight back, but against what no one quite knows. They are led by what some call the Sea Beast's Great Shell, or, as those more knowledgeable call her, Mist Shell. She used to be a high paladin of the followers of Gerbo, but after the great disaster she reached out to others for help in re-establishing their temple. They now sit, perched at the branched path outside of Constantinople, waiting for the unimaginable horrors to arrive so they may strike them down in the name of Gerbo and Cornelon. Many think that the Cohesion Delegation has more plans for Musterland at large. They believe that fighting off these hideous creatures is only giving them practice. And when they turn their eye to the rest of the Musterland, and to our Lord Fuzzykins, there may be a great fight on our hands.
Luckily for us, Constantinople lies on a peninsula, making those monstrosities trapped near the sea. Unluckily for us, however, there are even greater monsters in the sea. Down by the slick coast lies a small port town of rear-enders, just above Constantinople. Here lies a tremendous port city and home base of operations of Rear Admiral Maticus Paperboy. From here, Rear Admiral directs his seamen against the nefarious deeds of the great dread pirate Herbert. That's right. The once mount for the now infamous Norville Glimmerbottom is one of the greatest pirates in the Dingleberry Isles. Herbert and his crew of war boys plunder the great treasures of the Isles and freeze out the competition. When you hear them approach, you hear their screams to Brosiden to witness their deeds and grant them the pleasure of being pierced by his great spear. While Herbert and his crew make the sea an even greater peril, most of the once great pirates of the region now reside in Nekelbiter Bay, on Teetonic Island. Here, the once great plunderer, Trovinci, protects his booty and fosters a great nation of swashbucklers to hold back Herbert's and the rear admiral's advances. Even with all these dangers, there is ever more whispers of great sea beasts commanded by a lone sailor who has been attacking and stealing from traders and other lowly pirates. All these prove dangers for those trying to skirt the Dingleberry Isles. With all this peril in the sea, one would assume you would be safe inland, but this is far from the truth. Up north, and slightly east of Godric's Hollow, there is a strange tower that has appeared seemingly overnight. Many have deemed this to be Countant Tower, for those who approach it hear the jingle of coin and a soft voice counting, and the counted number climbs ever higher. Many do not know what is up there in the tower, but many are usually only concerned with their own lives. That is, until people started to disappear. The recent disappearance of Jeremiah Fitzherald of Fitz, Fitz, and Fitz has garnered much attention from the locals of Pallet Town, and many have started to attribute these disappearances with the newly erected tower. Many have gone to the Nedonic's king, but he has declared himself powerless against this strange shadow being that is stealing all of his citizens. The children of the local towns have connected these disappearances with an old legend of Gory Gertrude, an animal that would devour a person slowly, counting each bite and savoring every delicious morsel. While the children go off with their fantasies, others have told stories of seeing large humanoid-like creatures on the edge of town, with stitches and scars across their bodies. One of the guardians of Bush Barrel Woods, Josketh, has gone to investigate, but has yet to be heard from again. Many are starting to worry that Lord Fuzzykin may have to intrude in the area, ending the problem but in doing so, conquering the now free lands 
of Bushbarrow Woods. Many have heard rumors of the Nidonic's Queen getting together a small group to solve this mystery. But before that can happen, many, many more must disappear into the night. While the western board is full of monsters and depraved pirates, to the east there is a bastion for those who prefer to enjoy life and worship merriment to its fullest. Underneath the Pale Peak Mountains, the area of the Clunge Morass has been taken over by the notorious Hooch, yet another one of the sentient dire weasels. Despite his honorific and his neighbors to the west, Hooch is a more laid-back type of ruler. Do not misunderstand. He is a very powerful being, but instead of taking things by the reins, he prefers to party and drink and give joy to this swampy, dreary region. In contrast, one of Hooch's greatest accomplices is Mr. Cynic, a mysterious crime boss and supplementary ruler to this home of a literal party animal. This man of mystery is who you would ask for if you want exotic treasures, exotic pleasures, or anything exotic in general. While he may not directly provide this, his name gives you access to the seedy underbelly of Moosterland. His workforce is vast and eager and willing to provide anything you wish, but for a price. Many have never seen Mr. Cynic's face, and it is assumed that either Mr. Cynic is one that wishes to be heard and not seen, or is simply another portion of Hooch's erratic personality. While Mr. Cynic plays in the playground of old Neil Rowe, Hooch gets his jimmies off by hosting one of the largest moonshine and swamp crack operations in all of Moosterland. If there's a drug, Hooch and his people have made it, innovated on it, have taken it, and have it for you. While they may have the large market to play in, it has been said that some of their produce have started killing their users, so many feel that there is an inherent danger in dealing with Hooch's product. While Hooch is as still as carefree as ever, Mr. Cynic has taken up the mantle to figure out what is truly going on with his Lord Regent's product. Mr. Cynic is starting to wonder if there isn't another player in this game of this black market. To add on to Mr. Cynic's worries, there have also been talks of a mysterious band from the south of the Clunge Morass, traveling north, sweeping across the region, and destroying anything that they deem unholy. While this last bastion of joy and hope is there, there may be something on their southern horizon coming for them. There is indeed a change going throughout the land. Something seems to be on the horizon. I'm not sure what it is, but I know that many fear the unknown. 
ever since that day, or long ago, when the four entered this realm, something came with them. Something unknowable. I only hope that we can discover what it is and defeat it before it consumes us all. Hello, everybody, and this is Cody. Uh, I guess I'm your new DM now. Uh, I've had this kind of idea for a while, and I kind of like doing these weird promos. I'm not always the best at them, but hopefully my editing skills are a little bit good. Hopefully they're a little bit uh, worse than my DMing skills, maybe? I don't know. This has been really fun to edit and put together. I've been talking with a lot of the guys about what to do next and uh, I really hope that you like this story that we're going to make together. Uh, a lot of what I used in this is from BattleBards.com. I think I've got to do like a little licensing thing with them. I don't think you have to do like a really big licensing thing. I just could be like, hey, BattleBards.com. BattleBards.com is pretty freaking great. I use basically everything I got from this, from like the music to the soundscapes I got from them. So go check out BattleBards.com. That'd be really cool if we had like some cool code, like Dire Weasels or something. Uh, gotta talk to Molly about that one. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm going to get out of your hair. And uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it to Ivana to give you the end of the episode, little CC. But thank you so much for listening to this Dire Weasels promo of The Return. Bye, everybody. The music used in the Dire Weasels podcast is Lad Quig Jig by Lad Quig. It is available under a Creative Commons license. For more information, feel free to email us, direweasels at gmail.com.